Welcome to the Goalie Hacks podcast, the show dedicated to providing elite tips, hacks and strategies to take your game to the next level, where we help you become an elite goaltender, one hack at a time. And now, here's your host, Mike Santaguida. All right, bang, bang, and you're now tuning back into the Goalie Hacks audio experience, and I'm your host, Mike Santaguida, and welcome back to the show. And I uh, hope all you goalies, parents, and coaches out there are just, you know, doing well this week and getting off to a great start. And what an incredible uh, episode we have in store for everyone today. And, and additionally, I hope you guys uh, like my little piece of content I dropped in the beginning of uh, in the beginning of last week's episode, as it as it turned out a little shorter than I expected. But nonetheless, great content, uh, a great job from Curtis. But so I thought I'd drop, you know, just some value for you guys. So I hope you enjoyed. And uh, if you missed that, feel free to go back and listen because I think, uh, you know, I think a lot of kids need to hear the advice that I shared at the beginning of last episode. So uh, you know, as we kind of roll into recruiting season here, and and you know, it's unfair season and, and stuff like that, right? You just got to know kind of what you're dealing with and. Um, you know, have your head on straight going into it all. So definitely go check back if you haven't yet. And uh, I will look to add, you know, some more value into the pre-interview role here as we move forward with the program. Uh, and I'll be dropping more of those uh, here and there. But uh, this week on the show, uh, I, I have just a, a super stellar interview that I, I regret waiting to record until recently, honestly. Uh, it turned out so well. And, and that's with Matt Miller, the goaltending coach for the LA Kings AHL team the Ontario Reign. And Matt is just such an awesome guy, you know, salt of the earth, very humble, but understands his goalies and, and the game extremely well and has had lots of success at the next level. And you can tell he's just a, a never-ending student of the game, even as a coach at the next level. And in this episode, we dive into his success with uh, his college and his high school teams in Minnesota early on in his coaching career, his time scouting for the Arizona Coyotes and the U.S. NDTP and uh, shares what exactly scouts are looking for when they come to see you guys play. Uh, we dive into his long tenure with the Dubuque Fighting Saints in the USHL and some of the ups and downs and lessons he learned uh, from going to a league, uh, a league final and three conference finals. And finally, we dive into his time in the NHL and AHL and the kind of work he does with his goaltenders, what he looks for in younger goaltenders, and what exactly you know kids should be working on today to make sure they're ready for the challenges that lie ahead of them at the NHL level one day. And like I said, Matt is an amazing guy, and this turned into a great, great conversation. I know you guys are going to love it. So without further ado, let's jump right into this week's episode. I know you're going to love the chat Matt and I had today. Hello, everyone. Welcome to this week's episode of the Goalie Hacks podcast. And today on the show, I have another stellar guest lined up, and a longtime coach at the next level who's experienced tons of success and that's the goaltending coach for the Ontario Reign in the American Hockey League. And back in 2013, after spending several years scouting for the Phoenix Coyotes, as well as coaching and winning championships at both the Division Three college level and high school levels in Minnesota, Matt went on to work with the Dubuque Fighting Saints for six years in the USHL, going to three conference finals and one league final with the squad, as well as being named to the coaching staff for several IIHF USA teams. Uh, he's now moved on the last two years to work with the Ontario Reign uh, as their goaltending coach in the AHL. And I couldn't be more excited to welcome him to the show today to chat some goaltending development. Matt, how you doing, buddy? Thanks for coming on the show, man. I'm great, Mike. Thanks for having me on. Uh, really enjoy the podcast. Really enjoyed the variety of the guests. And I'm uh, honored to be part of the uh, the group here. Yeah, well, well yeah, I appreciate the kind words and, and we're, uh, you know, just as fortunate to have you on. And I, I know you're busy right now with your season. As you mentioned, you were just out traveling for a couple of weeks. So, so really, uh, really grateful that you could, uh, you know, take some time to come on the show. But maybe if, if, if you don't mind, you can just share with us sort of how your trip was and, and obviously only share what you feel comfortable sharing. But maybe just give us a feel of what the purpose of your trip was. Uh, well, I'll share what I can. Obviously, the trip was fantastic. I was able to uh, uh, go out and work with Lucas Perrick, uh, the Dubuque Fighting Saints. And nice. then traveled on down to Greenville and then worked with uh, Jacob Ingham and John Lethaman, who are the two guys that are down there. So a really good trip. Um, really fun being in Dubuque, somewhere I had been for six years previous. Um, they were uh, fighting for a playoff spot, which was a lot of fun to be around that, that type of energy and intensity. Mm -hmm. The thing that was really fun uh, that I didn't know when I arrived was – uh, if they had made the playoffs, uh, and they did, it was going to be 10 years in a row 
And another wow. thing they accomplished while uh, while we were there was uh, 10 straight years uh, above 500. So I thought it was a really cool accomplishment for, for the team and yeah. a really uh, awesome opportunity for Lucas to be a part of uh, that type of environment. Um, and then heading down to Greenville, uh, great staff there. Uh, they gave us a lot of time to work with uh, John and Jacob. I couldn't be more uh, appreciative of those guys just giving us the time and the space and, and the respect to, to work on their game and, and not only uh, help them to continue to grow, but also prepare them for, for the games against Jacksonville they had that weekend. So that was a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah, man. Well, and, and, and how has sort of things been going in terms of, you know, development with your goalies? Uh, you know, what are some of the challenges you guys have overcome so far due to COVID? Ooh, that's a, that, that could be a podcast in itself. <laughs> I'm sure. Uh, first and foremost, I'd, I'd say that the toughest thing is uh, you can't, it's not as easy to just to sit down and connect with the guy. Uh, you have a mask on, you, yeah. you stay a certain distance apart, especially when you come here to, to California, the, the rules are really stringent uh, mm-hmm. just per the state. So uh, the toughest thing I think is just connecting with guys. Uh, it's tough to bring guys in. There's a quarantine. Uh, one of our younger prospects that we just drafted, Yuho Markinen, uh, only been able to, well, thankfully, I've been able to to connect with him over uh, Microsoft Teams and have some really good conversations with him, mm-hmm. uh, getting to know him and, and watching his game. Luckily, there's, you know, a variety of different um, services you can hop on and watch a game on. So, um, I mean, what, like, what, what a time to be alive to be able to use these tools and connect yeah, right. with guys and really try to overcome some of those obstacles. So I think just the, the, the personal touch, the personal connection with some of these guys is has been the biggest challenge, but uh, luckily technology has kind of been there to save the day. Yeah, no kidding with the the Zoom and everything like that. Well, I, I wish you guys the best of luck um, as you kind of roll into the thickest spring here. I know uh, playoffs are sort of right around the corner, but uh, maybe you can just start off, you know, by briefly sharing a bit of your story and how we got to where we are today. Um, so to start off my story, I kind of was starts with my dad. Uh, it's kind of born into the sport. My dad uh, was an equipment manager and athletic therapist in the NHL for about 25 years. Uh, first, he was with the Oilers, and then he was with the LA Kings. So uh, it's kind of born uh, into being a rink rat. If I wanted to spend time with my dad, I had to go to the rink. And there's a lot of yeah. really good times I was able to spend with my dad, you know, skipping school, going to a morning skate or, um, you know, after school, trying to do homework at the rink and trying to finish studying for a test before a hockey game so I could rush out and watch warmups and, and right. stuff like that. So I think that's how uh, my passion for the sport started. Um, you know, I didn't play at a particularly high level. I uh, was, was playing triple a uh, hockey here in, in Minnesota or not Minnesota in uh, California. Mm-hmm. And from there uh, went and played uh, at Bethel university, which was a D three school in Minnesota. Um, from there uh, was able to, do a good enough job, I guess, as, as someone that was uh, a leader on the team to kind of help the guys out uh, to, to be asked to come back and, and to coach. So I did that. Mm. And around that time, uh, I was able to work with the, the Coyotes and do some scouting in the NTDP and also do some scouting. Uh, and then uh, I was able to kind of use those two things together. Uh, my, my coaching experience at Bethel, my scouting experience with the NTDP, and uh and phoenix to go to dubuque so i was there for for about six years i was able to do pretty much everything um except drive the zamboni which <laughs> i'm really grateful for like i was able to do video i was able to my last year i was on the bench running the d yeah so i had every opportunity available to me and that that uh, dubuque is always going to be a very special place because uh they allowed me to learn and grow and, and most importantly they put up with a lot of my mistakes so that was a pretty pretty fun place to be yeah um you know, uh, I guess getting the getting on to to work with LA is a kind of a di- separate story. Um, I went and yeah. worked at a, a USA Hockey Festival. Uh, I think it was like 18s, 17s, or 18s. I had to bring my gear. I was on the ice, and then from there, I, I wasn't going to go back to Minnesota or back to Dubuque. I was actually going to fly back to, to California, and I had all my gear with me, and. Uh, I went to the rink with my dad and Bill and Kim Dillabaugh were, were doing some work with the goalies. And um, I basically had the the blessing of having all my gear with me and my dad there. My dad had Bill as, as a player and 
basically I said, yeah, I want to be able to hop on the ice with Bill. I want, this is someone I want to learn from mm. Kim Dillabaugh. This is someone I want to learn from. Uh, and I was able to go out on the ice uh, the next day with those guys and basically uh, push pucks. And uh, apparently I, I kept the piles really tight and I was able to move the pucks to the right place for the next drill. So they had me on the next day and just kept uh, learning and growing from Bill uh, and Kim and then Dusty Emu for the next six years. Um, and then one summer, uh, Bill, a couple summers ago, Bill said that uh, Dusty was moving on and uh, asked me to apply for the job. And I was able to uh, go in an interview with uh, Glenn Murray and uh, Rich Seeley and I got the job. So uh, now I've been here for about two years. So that's the, the, the long story as short as I can make it. Yeah, well, congrats on uh, on the new gig, man, and and uh, you know things. Uh, sounds like things have been going well there, you know. But uh, why don't we dive right into sort of your personal coaching philosophy, and maybe you can just share with everybody, you know, what are some of the major areas you focus on with your goaltenders, and and why do you believe in these concepts so much? Um, touched on it a little bit earlier. I think first and foremost is is care. Like these guys got to know you care about them, uh, whatever level you're at. You. you a lot of what they do that one hour, that two hours on the ice, whether they perform well, whether they don't, um, a lot of it goes into what, what's going on, you know, that night or that day before the game, uh, that day before the practice. So getting a, getting a, to know them and understanding what's going on in their life, I think um, definitely matters. And letting those guys know that you actually do care about them. You want them to, not only succeed as, as goaltenders, but also as people, I think is a huge deal. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I think yeah, they got to know that you can help them. That's the knowledge piece that luckily I've been around guys like uh, Bill Ranford and Ian Clark and Dusty Emu and Kim Dillabaugh, like learning from these guys and having the actual technical knowledge to uh, help in, in certain areas of their game is, is, is crucial. And then I think, just to, to the icing on the cake is being a, a, a person that has, has values. Like, are they someone that you can trust or, or do they know that you're just, you know, kind of using their success to ride their t- coattails and maybe make it to the NHL one day. Uh, I think th- these guys really have to trust you and, and know that you're, you have their back, even when things don't go well, you know, you believe these guys are working hard. You believe they're putting the time in. Um, you believe that they, they want to go out and put a good performance together because you've been with them as they've been doing it. And I think that's kind of the, the icing on the cake is, hey, he, I trust this guy. He's got my back, and I know that he's doing everything he can to, to help me mm-hmm. reach my goals. Yeah. And then and then regarding, you know, kind of uh, like the material that you're kind of teaching to them on the ice, and you, you talked about, you know, some of the, the great mentors that you had, and then you kind of touched on there just – um, you know, the technical knowledge that you're able to share with some of these young guys and coming in. So what are some of the areas where these guys are coming in that you're, you know, you're having to to work with them a lot more on typically? Um, I th- the biggest things that we've worked on with our young guys is uh, kind of shoring up their stance. I feel like it's really easy, easy for guys nowadays to get, uh, get wide and, and kind of in an effort to, to play big. And I think one thing that we've, worked with on a lot of our guys is getting back to more like a balanced athletic reactive stance. Um, obviously that sets you up to have a really good tracking. I think that's something that we've really keyed on with a lot of our guys is the habit of, yeah, you can, you can track, you can watch pucks, but are you working for sight lines? Are you seeing the release? Are you really the, going to that deeper layer um, to really understand, you know, almost like a, like a batter. Are you, are you seeing where the pitcher's, you know, releasing the ball. Are you seeing, are you seeing his body language? Do you understand what's happening uh, as the guy releases the ball? Like, a, you know, as a shooter, are you seeing, yeah. is he passing? Are you seeing, like, what are you, what are you going to see? And are you setting yourself up to see that? Well, I think those are the two things I think um, a lot of guys kind of, uh, you know, fall off and try to just survive as they move up and and maybe take some shortcuts and i think the one thing that's nice here is we're really uh pushing these guys to keep those habits uh in practice and um obviously you know you you kind of do a lot of cleanup uh as they move up yeah you know whether it's um guys that are working with these kids that don't know how things happen at the higher levels like it's tough because 
you have to walk with them as they sort of discover, okay, this is what I've been taught and this is what I'm good at. How am I going to blend these two things together mm-hmm. that I'm really good at this level? And I'm not saying that everyone's going to be, um, nobody can be uh, Jonathan Quick, nobody can be Carey Price, but how do I find my own unique way to fit into that group of goaltenders? Mm. Yeah. And, and, you know, maybe you can go into that a little bit more, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's this conversation around like building your own identity. Right. And I, and I think kind of like when I went to pro, you know, you, you, there's so much going on around you that you almost forget the things that made you successful. And then all of a sudden there's so many people in your ear giving you advice and stuff like that. So you kind of talked about walking that line of like, you know, uh, uh, bringing their, their old identity and also growing into sort of, you know, what, what you guys are teaching. So, you know, what's some advice you have out there for, for kids out there, one, to develop their own identity? Like what, what does that mean to you developing your own identity? And then two, um, adding to it as you go along in your career, as you get to higher levels, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. I think, uh, developing your own identity, um, part of this comes from like my background as a scout, like you've got to know, what this player's strengths are. And you also have to understand what the player's weaknesses are because not everyone's good at everything. That's just, it's not going to happen. But you're going to draft a guy on what they're strong at and maybe what you feel comfortable coaching them up in. So I think uh, as a goalie, if I I don't have a lot of people around me that have the, the background or the, the knowledge to help me, I think one of the biggest things you can do is video yourself and watch yourself and start to understand when you're successful and, and, and when you're not. And I don't think it takes a lot of video. I think um, if you watch practices or you watch games of yourself, um, I think that's a really good thing to do. Uh, that's something that I didn't have when I was coming up. I think I remember watching myself the first time when I was probably a junior in college. And I remember watching a VHS, VHS tape of myself. No one's going to know what that is. <laughs> it's okay i think it's funny actually but we (laughs) that we're at that point where vhs tapes are non-existent pretty much obsolete now right oh man it's just it's funny because like i talk about those like that and uh pay phones or like you know telephones you pick up and you hit the ringer a couple times you gotta (laughs) pull it around the circle people anyways uh so i remember watching the vhs tape and and i didn't realize how big i was in the net i'm like wow like i'm really big in the net i fill up right. a lot of, and the guy was like yeah you're you're six three you're a big guy like i don't understand why you and we basically broke some stuff down and, it, and i think just watching yourself you're gonna see some things that you the way that you feel versus the way that you look i think will give you a lot of insight into uh what your strength and your and weaknesses okay. are i like that um and then how to develop it i think you gotta you gotta pick one or two people that you you really um kind of vibe with people that really will speak the truth to you and let you know, Hey, I thought you're, you weren't as good here. I thought, Hey, maybe you can be better here. So I think those are, those are two things. I think you've got to put the time in to know yourself and then picking the right group of people around you to, to give you honest input into your game, I think is really important. Yeah. Yeah. And then another thing you mentioned was sort of this idea of, uh, you know, it's kind of a buzzword going around. It's, it's this idea of neutral stance. And I think that, there's been kind of a more uh, an uprise in that neutral stance position ever since kind of Hellebuck's been doing well in the NHL. But, you know, why do you think it's so important to be, you know, in in a more neutral stance versus why, even if it's not a true like shoulder width, you know, Mm -hmm. because you mentioned that a lot of these guys are getting a little too low and stuff like that. So how does that affect your game? uh, uh, You know, if you're low versus being more upright. Well, goaltending is a reactive sport and you have to be able to react to what's going on in front of you. And if you can't move, um, you you can't react to what's going on in front right. of you. And I think kind of what we touched on is just that um, I, I love learning. And I love uh, our staff here, Matt Price and Paul Velukas, our, our strength staff here. And uh, Matt Price is with the NHL and Paul Velukas is with the American Hockey League. And those guys are are unbelievable like scholars. Like they're, they're seeing us podcasts, they're seeing us books. And one of the – uh, podcast that Matt Price put us onto was the Action Perception podcast. Uh, it's run by a, a guy out of ASU. I can't remember his name right now, but basically, that's all goaltending is. Is yeah, 
can you see it and can you move? And, and it's, it's, a, it's a balance between those two things because if you can't see it, you have to have the ability to move into an area where you can see the puck, where you can see what's happening around you. So um, I think that, that foundation of, of a stance that allows you to not only hold a good sight line or get a full picture of what's happening or then be able to move into an area where you can get those two things, a good sight line or a full picture, are really crucial. Yeah, and then and then the final thing you mentioned was also uh, reading the release, and um, and I can speak a bit from experience. You know, as you kind of get to those higher levels, it's just it's crazy how much you guys fool you, and and even you see it in the NHL. You know, Matthews and guys like that they're pulling the they're pulling the stick fully one direction, and the puck's going completely in the other. So, you know, how do you kind of articulate that to your guys in terms of reading the release, and how do you teach them a little bit more and develop that? So, I guess I'll fold back on. Uh you know, knowing yourself as a goaltender, there's, there's guys that we've worked with that are, are big guys that, you know, use a bit more of, if you want to use the the buzzword box control or just yeah. filling the right net and versus guys that are a little more like Jonathan that have a little more instincts and feel for the game that, you know, you have to know um, what your best tool is to, in that situation. I think there are guys that, you know, you, you have to talk to you and you have to work with like, Hey, you're a big guy. Just, just trust your spot. Trust that you've done the work to be square and, mm-hmm. and you're filling the right net and let that puck come to you. And other guys, you know, they like to play with the game a little bit. Maybe they'll, maybe they'll pull off square a little bit and give the guy a little glove, or maybe they'll, mm-hmm. they'll play with the game a little bit and they'll, they'll play it at a, at a higher level. So I think that knowing the guy that you're working with and what his best attributes are and really, um, allowing that guy to use those in that situation, I think it is really good. Like some guys are really good at, you know, uh, uh, addition and subtraction, which is fantastic. And some guys are really good at uh, long division. So just knowing the guy that you're working with and how to build that confidence in those skills is, is kind of, I guess the, the art of coaching. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and something you mentioned was, uh, you know, you're, you're, and I, I like that you brought this up because it's something that I've, I tuned into in like my career, which is like, you're baiting guys a little bit. You're kind of creating an edge, right? Because when you're at that next level and guys have that rip, you know what I mean? You want to be in a situation where, okay, if, I, if I'm if i here, I know that he's likely going to shoot into this area and I've practiced moving into this area before. Yeah. Um, I, I think that's huge, like creating an edge for yourself essentially on the ice. And forwards do that too, right? They know that, oh, if I come in and I fake this twice and then put it in that low corner – 95% of the time goalie's not going to stop it, right? You're kind of creating those edges. Forwards do it. And I know I did it too in my game with, with certain aspects of my game. So maybe you can just, just you know, finally to, to wrap up the philosophy part here, because I'm just very interested in this is uh, do goalies need to create more of an edge in their game in, in like situations like that? Like, do they need to, you know, work on their systems or wherever to, to really, you know, oh, when a guy's here, I know that I'm going to be 99% successful if I do this sort of thing. Does that make sense? Yep. It totally makes sense. And, you know, I, my, my school of, of thought and the way that I was taught was like, play everything honest, like just mm. trust your angles, trust your positioning, trust the net you have filled. And I think there are definitely uh, times where you need to adhere to that. But I also think that you're missing a huge chunk of the, the, the personal part of the goal team, the instincts, the athleticism, if you just rely on, strictly geometry i think there are guys um at the highest levels that you take jonathan take there's a lot of different mike richter take a lot of different guys that Mm -hmm. that have a feel for hey i i've played against this guy for five years i know where this guy likes to shoot and i'm gonna i'm gonna take this net away from him and see if if it Mm -hmm. throws a wrench in his game he might shoot it right at my belly where i'm standing maybe a little off square or you know, I'm going to cause him to like think for a second and then maybe my D gets a, a stick in on him. So I think for, for you to come in and, and, and rush in and say, well, technically as a goalie coach, I can tell you this and this and this and it becomes <laughs> robotic or Hey, like, what did you see? Walk me through that. Help right. me understand why you made that decision. And I think working with a guy, uh, being on the ice this summer with a guy like quickie and then working with a guy like Cal, like, they, they have such a deeper understanding of, of the game where like, okay, I understand why you did that. So now let, like, is that part of your game or how do we foster that or mm-hmm. what situations do we want to use that in? So I think um, that's a really fun part of the game that I never did. I, I never used it. I wasn't right. something that I was really good at. 
uh, probably because I was just a big, uh, big guy, but being around guys that are more athletic, that have a little more feel for the game. I have a, a, a huge appreciation of, on that part of the game. Yeah. Yeah. Just, uh, you're basically like in, inventing an edge, right? I mean, even years ago when people were doing the RVH or whatever, right? Not a lot of people were going like, uh, in the sweet spot and you've seen a lot of goalies kind of, you know what I mean? So, you know, and I'm, I'm the reason I'm touching on this is because even throughout my career, you know, I, I, I needed to create edges for myself in order to, to get to the next level. When you face great shooters, they have their spots and you need to kind of have your spots too, whether it's letting the guy lead a bit when you're tracking laterally or baiting the guy into a high glove spot and then doing a VH versus an RVH on a dead angle, right? Like things like that, where you're kind of, you're forcing the shooter into an area that you feel much more comfortable. I feel like guys at, at the next level just have a really good, they feel out the game and some of those things for themselves, right. To create that edge. So, um, but kind of diving right into your, you know, your coaching career at the next level, you know, you spent a, a few years coaching division three for Bethel university, as well as uh, Hill Murray high school for a year, but you, you notably moved on to do some major scouting at the next level for a few years. And, and that's two years with the Phoenix coyotes organization. And then a year, uh, for the U.S. NDTP program. So um, as a scout at the the major league and the NHL level, uh, like what exactly are some of the most important things you typically look for in a goaltender that you know will likely help them transition much much smoother to the NHL level specifically? So I'm going to flip it on it, on its head a little bit. Sure. And I, first of all, I love the fact that you said transition much smoother to the next level because that uh, that's the name of the game is uh, learning learning hard things quickly. Um, so I, I love the way you word this question. Um, and I, I initially as a young scout, as a young, I don't know, hockey guy had a hard and fast, like, Hey, I, I want this. I want this. This guy needs that. I think the two things that I, I have come to now after being in it for a little bit is what's this guy's blend. Um, not every goalie is going to have everything that you want. What's this guy's unique blend. That's going to mm-hmm. allow him to be successful. Um, Maybe maybe just at the AHL level for for twenty years, or maybe he works into the NHL and he's there for five years, and that's a that's a good career. Um, and the other thing that we Bill and I have really had some um, great conversations on what are we com- what are we comfortable coaching? Like that's that's a big deal that I don't think a lot of people take into account as as people that go out and scout is okay. I, I feel really good coaching these set of skills. So let's get a guy that doesn't have those and I can maybe elevate those skills that he doesn't have. Or um, I feel comfortable coaching, uh, you know, let's just say anything. Let's just say technical aspects. Like I really feel good about teaching skating. I feel really good about teaching positioning. Well, this guy's an ultra athletic goaltender. So maybe we can work these things into his game. Or maybe this guy's uber athletic. Maybe uh, this guy's uber technical and very, very detailed. Maybe you're a coach that, you know, you love getting in there and doing a lot of games that are competitive and, and bring out um, a little more instincts in this goaltender. And mm-hmm. for got to be a little more competitive in and around the crease. So um, I guess a, from, from like, if you can look at it as an organization, what are you, what, what's the blend you're looking for and what do you feel comfortable coaching? I think would be the two questions I would kind of lean towards. And I think that there's, that brings a lot of, um, opens up the window to a lot of goaltenders. And I think this is one thing that I've learned from Bill is like, he was very instinctual when he played very athletic, but he right. also has found a way to bring, uh, a lot of technical knowledge, situational knowledge into his coaching, which he he is uh, someone that wants to learn, that wants to be challenged, that wants to understand and grow and learn uh, in his own knowledge, not only as a goaltender, but also as, as a coach on a staff, which mm-hmm. is incredible. So I think um, our conversations have, have leaned more towards, um, you know, you need a guy that can that can read and understand the game, you also need a guy that can move and you need a guy that wants to uh, compete and win even when um, it doesn't look like he's going to. So if the, if the score is 10 one and you're still kicking, kicking them out and, and, and making it tough to score on like, okay, I like that. Mm-hmm. If you're a guy that takes time to know yourself and maybe the opponent, if you can, that's also really cool. If you're a guy that, that 
takes time maybe getting out before the practice and after practice, working on your footwork, working on maybe one or two skills uh, that you want to get better at. That's important too. And I think um, the one thing that I've, I've really tried to do when I've go out and scout is watch a practice mm. um, and not, not announce that I'm there, but also just see what, what does this guy naturally do? Is this guy naturally someone that wants to get better at the game and love the game? Mm-hmm. Or is this someone that just kind of punches the clock? Are they going to show up at an hour before warm up? leave you know 15 20 minutes after because they did their cool down and and they're on and you know off to the rest of their day or is this someone that really like hey i'm gonna put some time in and you know maybe learn something new uh in the mobility realm i'm gonna go on instagram and look at some some hip stuff or i'm gonna go on goalie hacks and learn you know something that these guys are doing that's that i might want to bring into my game and you might use it for the rest of your life you might not but i think that's all really important it shows that you want to learn and grow yeah. How often do you, uh, do you sneak into arenas, watch guys practice? It's actually really hard. I've done it a few times, but I, <laughs> I literally get, get a text afterwards. Like I saw you and you're like, Oh man, come on. Like I'm just <laughs> hang out and do your thing. And just like, you know, just, I want to see you just naturally just enjoy the sport instead of like, hey, Matt's here. Like I have to do this and I want to do that. Like, I just want to see you play the game. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely, man. And then, and then kind of regarding your, your scouting at the USHL level with the, you know, the U S national program, you know, is it kind of the same conversation there or what are maybe two of the most important things you consider when you're, you're trying to select goaltenders for the national program? Obviously they're a little bit younger than uh, I would imagine than what you're looking at at the NHL level. Right. Yeah. And I think the, the, the scope is so much more narrow, just like U S born goalies. So that, that's a really tough job to do, I think, because, there's a lot of eyes on it. And I think the, mm-hmm. like, like any position, there's a lot of voices that uh, have an opinion. So I think you're trying to get uh, guys that can develop and grow, but also guys that can help you potentially win at the USHL level. So I think that's very hard. I think that's a very unique um, position to scout for yeah. as you're looking for that, that, that sweet spot of a guy that can, that can develop and maybe grow up into hopefully a Spencer Knight. That's a first round pick but also a guy that can help you win at the USHL level, which is incredibly hard to do. So I think, you know, they're looking for, I think, guys that are probably maybe slightly ahead of their class physically, um, guys that have shown the potential to win at lower levels Mm -hmm. so that you're bringing a guy that maybe has a little bit more uh, physical maturity to uh, withstand the, the the grind of a ushl season yeah and then you're also looking for a guy that hey this guy is showing that he can win at a lower level can he consist can he sustain this as he moves up right right and then i and then i guess you know also for just in general for for goalies looking to maybe play in the national program in the ushl or maybe the nhl one day uh you know from, from coming from a scout what's some advice you have for them to to help them kind of stand out more to scouts and coaches who come and watch games um, I think, to, I mean, when you talk about stand out, I think one thing that a lot of guys do is try to get ahead of themselves. Like, oh, I, w- I want to be the, the younger guy on this team. And I want to, you know, I want to, I just want the feeling of being a part of, let's just say the debut finding saints when I'm younger, like, but is it better dominating and, and winning at a lower level? And that might bring you more attention than mm. watch a, a young kid in the USHL and all of a sudden you maybe play uh they catch you on an off night and you, you maybe two play two periods and you get pulled or would you rather go down to the North American League and actually play three periods and and face a lot of work and hopefully you know and this is the way I think about it I want to yeah. see you in some stressful situations I want to see you get tested I want to see you in the net when you know it's late in the game and you're winning two nothing and I want to see you in the net when uh, maybe it's six, five. And I, I'm just hoping to see you make those next couple of saves and just, just get out of the game with a win. So, um, you know, I, I love seeing goaltenders in a lot of different situations. And I, and, and I know Bill would say the same thing too. Like we want to see you um, excel and be confident in a lot of different situations, not just the easy ones. Yeah. Yeah. And then, and then moving on to your long tenure uh, at the USHL level with the, the, the Buke fighting saints, and I'm pretty sure you played with some of my buddies. I went to to Vermont with and Jared and Alex Privatera and and Robbie Durar, right? Oh yeah, they were there. 
Yeah, they're they're a bunch of beauties. I haven't talked to those guys in a while. You'll have to show them this episode. Hey, what's up, boys? <laughs> yeah, they're, uh, they're not only really good hockey players, they're really good people, and they were a really good part of our core when uh, I think when you know we were we were battling for a Clark Cup, and I think those guys are part of a really cool legacy of of high end players that have come through Dubuque. Yeah, Dubuque is. Uh... I mean, the program's not that old, no? Like, it, it, they made the playoffs, what, every year since they've, they've been a program? Yeah, so they were they went away for a little bit. They were part of, like, a, you know, Tier 2. But ever since they've come back 10 years uh, with Jim Montgomery starting, uh, they've, they've been into the playoffs for 10 years in a row. And uh, the last 10 years, they've been uh, above 500. So yeah, uh, pretty, pretty actually, cool yeah. accomplishment, pretty cool pretty cool legacy to be a part of for for a lot of the players that a lot of fantastic players a lot of really good coaches and uh i'm just really actually honored to be part of it yeah yeah well you, you guys went to the clark cup uh ushl championship with the team and uh you know went to a few conference finals uh but but before we kind of dive into some of those playoff runs maybe you can just detail to us where you typically see goalies struggle the most when they're trying to make the transition to the ushl level I think we kind of touched on it earlier. Like you, you get a little ahead of yourself, and I think yeah. guys might might promise you, "Hey, you're you're our you're our backup," or "Hey, you're our starting guy." Mm. So you have to be real honest with yourself. Have Have I put together a body of work that warrants me being a starting goaltender? Mm-hmm. You know, and I think I, there's a lot of guys that put a really good sell on kids that get them in, and uh, because they they want that that little shiny, you know maybe draft pick or yeah the jacket right yeah yeah exactly so i think the thing for me is like dominate where you're at and and don't be afraid to make the move at the right time if you're if you've dominated u18 you feel like you've learned everything you can we've gone through this with with our with our prospects like are are you dominating where you're at are you getting recognition are you getting um you know are you getting put up for awards? Are you doing, you know, you're kind of checking those boxes along the way. If you have, maybe it's time to move on. Uh, or maybe, maybe it's a situation where you want to go somewhere else where you're going to get more time and attention. So I think that, that also is, is a big thing. Hey, that's great. Yeah. And you mentioned, uh, you know, dominating and, um, you know, it was, it was actually something even my dad said to me, you know, when I was younger, you know, it's, and it's, it's a part of like what I would say is like jumping through the right hoops. And we kind of touch on it. Like, you know, everybody wants the jacket and stuff like that, but from a development standpoint, are you, are you making the right call? You know what I mean? Are you going to the right places where you're in a, uh, in a situation where you can be successful? Uh, so kind of like you touch on it. So maybe you can just, maybe you can just detail how important that is to kind of, you know, Hey, be honest with yourself, make sure you're jumping through the right hoops in terms of your development. Like I didn't, I didn't go to the NHL at 18 years old. It didn't deter my career or anything I wanted to do because Carey Price did that, right? Everybody's got a different journey and we all got to kind of jump through different hoops and prove ourselves at different times. So maybe you can just touch on how important that is. Like, Hey, anybody out there, kids out there right now, you know, you want to move on to the next level. You got to take care of business where you are. Right. Yeah, totally. And I think, uh, you, you, I love the the analogy you had uh, jumping through the right hoops. And I think for you, you have to sit down and decide maybe the best opportunity for you isn't, you know, the next level. Maybe the best opportunity for you is staying at that level with the right time and attention and support and, and really finding your way through how you want to play your best hockey. And I don't think, um, I think a lot of guys uh, go to that next level thinking that, well, um, the game is just going to, you know, give me what I need. Well, if you're not playing at all, the game is not going to give you what you need. You're not mm. going to time in the net. You're not going to see the best shooters. You're not going to go against the best teams. You're not going to, uh, you know, be in the net late in the game, uh, trying to kill off a, you know, a six on five when the other team pulls their goalie. So, yeah, I think that it's the ability to go in and be the guy and, and know that, Hey, I have to be really good for my team to win. I think that's a really special and unique thing to have to do. Mm-hmm. So I think you're right on with that. I think um, watching a guy go through, just like you think about, uh, I mean, take a, take a forward or a defenseman. If you're a defenseman, you want to be out against their top pairing. You want to, you want to play uh, penalty kill minutes. Maybe you, you're, maybe you're the one guy that's abil- has the ability to go on the power play. That's fantastic. Just like a forward, like you want to go out, you want to be on the first power play. You want to go, uh, when when our team pulls the goalie, you want to go out and be one of those guys that's trying to score a goal to, yeah, 
to tie the game. So same thing with the goalie. Like I think it, the position doesn't matter. I think the opportunity does. Mm, I like that. The, the opportunity does. And yeah, I, you know, and, and everybody's got a different road and, and, you know, um, while everybody was busy, like being all caught up, trying to, you know, play junior at 16, I was just like, you know, I, I'm just going to play midget. I'm going to play games. I'm going to affiliate with this junior team and I'm going to practice with them until I'm ready to help them win a game. Mm-hmm. And uh, my dad made that call, you know what I mean? And, and he kind of, he said, Hey, you, you need to get up to speed. And, and once you show in practice, you prove to these coaches that you can help them win games, they'll play you. Yep. And, um, and that took a while. You know what I mean? It didn't come overnight. So, you know, it, it, it takes work. And, um, you know, a lot of guys want to, and you and I actually talked about it kind of earlier on the show is like, you know, everybody gets so caught up with the dream, man. Uh, hockey's such a beautiful game and mm-hmm. you have such a great opportunity to meet so many people along the way and the camaraderie you build and the, the little things that happen, you know, you bail out your guys in the games or you have a nice win where you didn't deserve to win. You know, all those things along the way, you know, a lot of guys when it's all said and done, they, they say, you know what, I wish I would have enjoyed it more. You know what I mean? And, and maybe you can touch on that a little bit if you don't mind too. Mm-hmm. Well, I think even for myself, like I, I only thought I was going to be at Dubuque for three years, maybe. And I was like, Oh, I'm going to be here for three years. I'm going to move on and whatever. Yeah. And like year four, I was like, Oh my gosh, what's going on year five. I'm like, this is like, I'm never going to go. I'm never going to get a chance to, to live my dream and coach pro hockey this is terrible and that summer i was like you know what i'm just gonna go back and just really enjoy coaching the guys that are here and just fully just literally give my time my my attention my effort to these two guys and just enjoy it and just this is going to be awesome and literally as soon as i did that like things started changing it was like i started getting phone calls from guys like fueling some interviews i started sending my resume out so i think that for me like that's something that transcends maybe even just you know age or you know your 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 path or where you're at on the journey is like you've you've got to just enjoy where you're at and when you lose yourself in what you're doing um maybe maybe you're playing i don't like you said triple a or junior b or wherever you're at like it doesn't matter the the level it matters your your time and your attention and where you're focused at, at that level. And you're going to get out of it, what you put into it. If you're always thinking about the next level, you're not going to get out of that level, anything you, you're literally not going to, if you, your mind is away from, uh, the guys, right. Yeah. Like you just talked about, like, I, Hey, I love being around the guys. I love talking to them. I love hanging out with them. Well, if your mind is like, Hey, I, I can't wait to be part of this college or I can't wait to be part of this junior. Yeah. People notice that and it it you want to be present with those guys whenever you can. Yeah. Yeah. And then I guess diving into you know your league final run in, in 2015-16. But you know, you said also leading up to that, you, you had a few conference uh appearances as well. And and maybe you could just take us through how those few years went and then leading up to that final year with your team where you guys went to the finals and, and how it all went down, stuff like that. Yeah, I think it was, uh, you know, it would have been really cool if we had won the Clark Cup, but we didn't. Uh, we had a great group. Um, but I think the the thing for me is, as, as someone that was a little bit older, was watching that group fail um, a couple of times in the conference finals and then finally pushing through and getting through the into the Clark Cup finals and then that, that next level of preparation and, and just – attention to detail and, and playing together as a group and as a team, I think, um, you know, it, it's, it's tough to, to compete for a championship wherever you're at. And yeah. I think it was a real eye opener for me. Like I thought I knew what it was to work up and, and to win and to be a part of a, a team that could get the job done. But there's just that another layer that, uh, that I thought as a coaching staff, we probably could have done a little bit better. Yeah. And as, as a group of players, like they, they finally broke through and they felt like, okay, this is ours. I think that we, we, we were owed this and not really, you actually got to continue to grind in and find another level within your game to, to actually put your hands on the cup. Yeah. What, what do you think is, uh, you know, cause I think there's a lot of people out there that are probably saying the same thing. You know, I'm right on the cusp of breaking through. I keep getting there. That happened to me too, actually. You know, I, I, I uh, 
leading up to in my BCHL championship, I had a few like upsets in the finals and it made me, you know, get in there quarters, quarters, semis, uh, you know what I mean? And then eventually you get kind of hungry and you, you break through in, in those moments where you're, you know, in despair, you're tired, you've been there before and you kind of break through, but maybe you can just maybe detail, like, what was that, you know, what, what changed it, at least in the group that allowed you guys to break through and, and get to the finals? Well, you said it like, part of it is just like being in that moment and losing and losing. And then finally just like breaking through and that, that feeling of like, this is what it finally takes to be a champion or yeah. to be considered the last two teams standing. And I think from a coaching standpoint, uh, if, if, if I was a player, I would ask, okay, where am I at as a player? Am I playing my best hockey? Okay. If I am playing my best, okay, now what can I do to learn about my opponent? What can I do to, they have tendencies, they have, they have different structural things. They have different things that they do as a team. What can I learn from the coaching staff that's going to help me maybe expose something they do, I would think, as a goalie? What can I do when I go play the puck? What's their forecheck? Okay, what's their ozone? Uh, you know, what, what are the little things structurally that I can help out mm. to give my team an edge? And maybe it's playing the puck and finding a center. Maybe it's, uh, you know, quick up or quick over mm. so that I can get the, the puck onto my, my defenseman's tape. So we're out. Um, maybe it's knowing they, they like to go three high and I know that there's two one-timer options and I'm, I'm maybe playing a little bit deeper than I normally would so I can defend against that. So I think that's that next layer of the hockey sense working with the staff to understand what an opponent may do. Yeah, it's you're kind of the, the details, honestly, at the USHL level to win in a championship like that are almost pro like, right? Yeah, yeah. And I think that 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 carries on if you have that uh, the willingness to, to discover yourself and know how you play your best hockey. But then also, if you know yourself and you, uh, what is it, Sun Tzu, if you know yourself and you know your opponent, you're in a pretty good spot. I think uh, the same goes for hockey. I think that the, the guy's willingness to, to know themselves is pretty high. But I think uh, the next layer is, okay, well, I feel pretty good about my game. What can I know about my opponent? How can I take my strengths and use that against their strengths? Or how can I use that to find their weaknesses? Yeah. Yeah. And then, and then you know, finally kind of just uh, touching on this, uh, game time anxiety, you know, obviously, you, you know, you're at the, the American League level now. You're dealing with NHL and NHL guys. Um, and, and that's a, a big thing you hear at, at that level. It's just like guys have to manage that pressure, that anxiety, because there's so much on the line every night, every day you, you go out there. Right. But obviously everyone has to play big games and there are, there aren't many bigger than, than championships as well. But what's just some advice you have for goalies looking look, uh, you know, to, to help manage stress and anxiety during games at the next level. Um, I think it's pretty unique to each guy. I think uh, some guys need to be really, carefree and not think and just go and, and trust the work that they've done, you know, Monday through Thursday. And if you're playing on a Friday, trust that work. Or if you've got a lot of work uh, as far as games like Monday, Wednesday, Friday, or on a Wednesday game, and then you've got uh, Friday, Saturday, maybe you do a, a 30 minute video session. Cause that's all you can get in. You can't hop on the ice. You got to trust that work. Mm. And, and I think you trust the work that you do and then you go out and play. And I think, that's a huge deal for a lot of these guys um, to just go trust the work that you've done and be able to go out and play and know that you've uh, put your focus, your time, your effort, your energy in the right areas. And then playing is just a natural progression off of the work that you've done. I do think there's some guys that need a little bit of extra, you know, a little bit of a bump, maybe game day where you show them uh, the other team's, uh, power play, maybe the other team's forecheck. I think you bring their their attention into what's the most important part that you need to know about your opponent, and that gives them a little bit of an edge. So yeah. I think knowing the athlete that you're working with is 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 crucial, and knowing uh, what to give them or what not to give them, and how to set up your week is is a big deal. Yeah, we'll dive into your your routines a little bit uh, with your guys, but kind of just moving on to your new role with the Ontario Reign in, in uh, the Los Angeles Kings organization uh, as the prior development coach and, and now being named the goaltending coach for the team this year. So congrats, man. But obviously been a weird year, uh, but for all, all uh, your younger goalies trying to make that jump to pro hockey this year that you've been, you know, working with or, or, uh, or the developmental goalies that are still too young, you know, where do you typically see them kind of struggle the most when, when uh, you're working with them at the, the AHL level? 
Um, you know, I think a lot of it is uh, how you prepare. Um, mm-hmm. Not just video, not just uh, things like that. I think it's how you prepare for the day, being able to get up and and get yourself ready to compete. And and getting on the ice in a state where you're ready to to go, and mm-hmm. I, uh, Matt Price has a good term. Sometimes you got to shock the system, whether that's an ice bath, <laughs> whether that's a, whether that's a little bit of a hard workout where you come yeah. out of the gym and you're sweaty. And I think that's a uh, a little bit of a smoke and mirror thing with guys at younger levels, where I'm going to do some skips, I'm going to do some hops, I'm going to do some leg swings, and all of a sudden jump rope, and now I'm ready to go. I think. Um, you know, Matt Valalta and Jacob Ingham have done a fantastic job, you know, kind of flipping over every stone that they can and then finding, okay, this is how I need to prepare for a game. Some of it's mental, some of it's physical. I have the right balance and now I just go play. And I think that's a, a when once you find that balance and test it, you know, during practice, I think it's very easy to find that balance uh, for games. And I think that helps not only uh, with the stress, but I think that helps with the performance. You you know that you can trust the work that you've done the week, the week before, and you yeah. know you can trust the week you've done uh, 15 minutes before. So now when you have that doubt that comes in, because it's going to come in, the doubt's going to creep in, you're going to start talking to yourself, and you say, wait a second, I've yeah. done the work this week, I've done the work this morning, this afternoon, I know how I want to play. I know how this team is going to play in front of me. I know how the opponent's going to try to expose us. And I feel pretty confident with what we're going to get done. And even if you get scored on, you stay on the path and you enjoy the game. Mm, mm, for sure, man. And then, and then I guess for kids at home, you know, they're looking to pursue an NHL career someday or a successful pro career at the next level. You know, what do you think maybe the most important underlying characteristics that young kids need to, you know, develop the most throughout their careers to prepare them for the challenges that, lie ahead of them at the highest levels of pro hockey? Ooh, I think uh, we talked about it a little bit earlier, just the ability to learn learn tough things quickly. I think, yeah. uh, you know, just like like school, like math is hard. You know, the, a, lot of, a lot of things are hard for different people. Maybe math is easy. Math was really hard for me, and I had to put a lot of work into it. Right. But, um, you know, the ability to wrestle with something hard and put some time and effort and energy into it and not give up on something I think is crucial. Like, um, maybe, maybe your, your rebound controls, you know, not great. We'll play rebound after every game or after right. every, pardon me, just get in there and do things that you know that you're, you're maybe not good at and be okay with not, um, being good at it and, and, and keep working at sure it, right. that, you know, it, it may not happen this week, this month, but maybe, you know, a couple months from now, you feel pretty good with your rebound control and guess what you've owned it. And you earn that confidence because mm-hmm. you put time and the effort into it. It's not like, hey, I cheated my way through it. I I did something that, you know, no one else has done before. But, hey, I put the time in. I put the effort in. And I feel really good about my rebound control. Hey, I feel really good about my post work. Little things like that. I think um, those little wins you can get, I think, produce big confidence later on. Yeah. Yeah, sort of having that uh... – you know, that growth mindset. I mean, you know, everybody, you know, you had some nice things to say about the show and I appreciate that. And, and a lot of other people too. I mean, 12 months ago, I, I didn't, I didn't know anything about radio. You know what I mean? Like if you go, if you go listen to my first episodes, they're nowhere near as good or as clean or as anything like this, but I just know that, um, kind of the process of skill development is something that you learn like as you go throughout life and you kind of mention that and and a lot of coaches who have come on the show are like you know what those these guys at the next level even if they don't know how to do it they can learn it really really fast and they can get really efficient at it really quick and that's the difference there right yeah um i think that's i guess it's a little understated to say like hey you have to learn something that's really hard really quick but i think everyone's done something that's really hard and done it for maybe a day or a week or a month and given up on it. But I think the, the guys that find a way to push through, don't quit. They, they're like, okay, I'm not good at this now, but that's right now. That's exactly you know, 15 minutes of my life, but I'm going to keep investing that 15 minutes or half an hour. And all of a sudden a week, a month, a year later, like you're, maybe that's your calling card. Hey, this guy is unbelievably good at his rebound control. And you're really going to have to make sure that when you get a rebound or you get an open look, you got to score. Cause um, if you don't, he's eating it up. And all of a sudden you're like, yeah, I've spent the last six years working on my rebound control. Like it's not a surprise to me, 
you know, little things like that, I think are, are, are really interesting to me. Like I, I spent six years going to development camps and being around Bill Ranford and Kim Delabaugh and Dusty Emu. And like, that was six years of, of work that I put in to, to know myself, but also absorb all the information that they had had too. So like, uh, it goes without saying, like, if you commit yourself to it and you continue to work on it, it's going to eventually, uh, turn in your favor. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely, man. And maybe if, now, if you don't mind, you can just, you know, you kind of mentioned your weekly routines, your goaltenders, how you mold them differently, but maybe you can just break down a bit how your weekly sessions look, for example, and how do you structure goalie practices and what's the mindset each time you step on the ice? Like, what's the goal? Uh, we really try to work on uh, two things. One is just skills and then situations. I think uh, skills probably earlier in the week. Um, we're pretty fortunate that, well, this year's a little weird, but last year we were able to, to play most of our games Friday, Saturday, maybe a, a, a rare Wednesday game. But um, we were able to have time to kind of structure that out. One skills, which was really foundational stuff like skating, um, tracking pucks, save execution with the, with the hands, body, stick, pads, you know, really just keep it super basic, give you a little bit of a, um, I guess a, a warm up from maybe having a day off on a Sunday yeah. maybe Monday or Tuesday. And then later in the week, we do something situational. Do we see something in a game that we need to clean up or are we preparing for an opponent that we need to make sure we're really clean in this situation that they're going to try to beat us here, but we're going to, we're kind of going to flip it on them and we're going to be really good in this situation. So, yeah. you know, first period, maybe they, maybe they sling pucks from the half wall. Maybe they're really good uh, finding guys in the slot uh, we're going to shut them down the first period and they're going to be like, okay, well that's, that's not working. So what are, what are we going to have to do to maybe, you know, change our game? So I think that's great that we can, we can force the opponent to change around us. Um, not that it always happens that way, but I think that's the intention. Sure. We're giving our goalies uh, a really good look into not only how they can be successful, but also what they can do to be successful against another team. Um, you know, and then from there, uh, the, the video component for me after games um, is kind of up to the goaltender. Some guys want to talk about it right away mm. um, and some guys don't. So I think for me as a coach, I give them the opportunity, Hey, I'm going to walk in the room and if you want to talk about something, I'm here so that you can uh, talk about it, be a sounding board. Otherwise you can say, Hey Matt, like I didn't like my game tonight. Um, I don't want to talk to you. Um, see you tomorrow. Hey, perfect. Doesn't yeah. hurt my feelings. I under totally understand. I've been there too. Sure. You know, some guys, you know, the, the language might be a little more colorful, but um, let them know, like, hey, that's fine. Then get it out. We'll move on together. But I just want to let you know that I'm going to come in the room. And I want to have your back, whether it's, it's good or bad. I want to be there for you to, to vent and, and be a sounding board for it, and then we can move on together. Yeah, and, and I guess, you know, uh, you talked about – I like how you kind of broke that down. Skill, early week, situational – back end of the week. I really like that. Nobody's really articulated it like that, but I guess in terms of helping your goalies get an edge, you know, what's probably the biggest like hack you've implemented with your goalies over the years, either like a drill or an exercise or, you know, a concept that you notice typically helps uh, your goalies excel and find success and transition to the, the next level much easier. So I think it, it's really hard at the lower levels, but the biggest, I guess, hack I could give you guys uh, USHL moving up would be uh, maybe uh, North American League, some of the junior leagues too, would be uh, utilize your staff. Like there's there's guys there. Mm. We have an unbelievable staff here. Uh, Chris Height, Craig Johnson, uh, Brad Schuler, John Robleski. Like these guys really spend time to know the opponent. And there are tendencies. There are ways that they're being taught. How can I get that information from these guys quickly and then give it to the goaltenders on maybe it's a how can we do our best during a penalty kill? How can I best help the goaltender on playing the puck so that we can basically, uh, you know, not let the opponent's forecheck be so effective? So right. I think there are little things where the goaltender is is part of a team. How can their skills and attributes benefit the team? Mm. And I think that's a that's the biggest hack I would have moving up levels is your goaltending coach and you're there to help the goaltender um, develop their skills and understand how they want to play certain situations. But then once they're comfortable in those two areas, how do then they become part of a, a team and how do they um, contribute to a win besides stopping a puck? I think right. that's, 
the, the big thing is you got to stop the puck, but then what are the other little things, the little details that you can do that help the team that, that kind of take a little bit of a burden off the team? Yeah. Is a, a communication, is that a, a big thing at the, the HL American League level from goalies? Like, do you encourage that significantly? Oh, yeah. And goaltending coaches too. Like, you, you're not just um, showing up as a consultant and kind of hanging out and coaching the goal and leaving. Like, you need to know uh, what the other team does as far as their their penalty or their power play, pardon me. Uh, what do they do as a forecheck? How do they create uh, opportunities in the offensive zone? And I, I think um, you could sit there and watch video and, and try to, you know, find the, the answers yourself. But I think there's a lot of other really smart people that are part of your organization that you can tap into and really learn from. And I think that's a great part of being at this level is there's a lot of people that want to learn but there's also a lot of people that want to help you learn. So mm-hmm. they're okay. And they're more than okay to help you learn. Okay. Well, this is the way that, you know, team a does their power play breakout. And this is how they set up their power play. This is what the goalies need to look for, or this is how this team four checks. This is how the goalie could really help us get out, play the puck and, you know, basically um, neutralize the other team's four checks. So I think the, the communication and willingness to be part of a staff is, is crucial not only for the the the, the goaltender, but also the goaltending coach. The the goalie's got to get out there and talk to the boys. Hey, you know, on this faceoff, it looks like they got a shooter. Let's, mm. you know, what's going on here? Like being part of that, I think is 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 crucial because you're you're part of a team. You're 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 a player that's that's a goaltender, and I think you need to go out and talk to the guys and be part of what they're all about. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, Matt, you have any uh, last words of advice for everyone listening that you feel passionate about sharing? I think we hit a lot of things that I'm passionate about. I think, um, you know, we talked about at the very start of just the, the relationship part, the ability to care for guys, show that you can, you can help them with your knowledge and that they can trust you, I think goes a long way. And uh, that's not, that's not for me. That's from uh, John Maxwell, who's a pretty good leadership guy that uh, is really, you know, kind of person centered. So I think that's a, you know, that would be, I guess the last thing I can leave you with. Yeah. Yeah. Well, no, I, amazing episode. And, and thank you, coach, you know, so much for coming on the show and uh, really excited for, for you with your new opportunity with LA and, and appreciate you sharing just, uh, you know, a ton of insight, not just what it takes to be a goalie at the next level, but, you know, a championship and, and a winning goalie as well. So you can just let uh, everyone know where they can get in touch with you online. Uh, I think the, the probably the easiest way to do it is just Instagram. I'm not, uh, I'll admit, I'm not great at getting back to people. Uh, through social media, I think I'm getting better at it. But um, you know, like, like you said, everyone's trying to get better and learn. Like uh, you're you're new to radio. Like I've only done a handful of podcasts, and uh, I like I have to get out there and talk to people and be be okay with just uh, being myself and and chatting yeah. as much as I can. So I think it's it's good to do that. And I think uh, my Instagram. I don't know if it's a handle. Is it? Yeah, Instagram it's handle. a handle. There you yeah, go. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, that's just. Um, my first and last name, Matt Miller, uh, 81. So I think if, uh, it might be private, but if you want to follow me, I'm, I'll, I'll get to you at some point. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, go check out, uh, AHL goalie coach, Matt Miller with the Ontario rain in the LA Kings organization. All the links will be available in the show notes for, uh, people to check, uh, check him out and, and his team out as well. But he's had tons of success coaching at the, the next level for over 15 years now. And he's had the opportunity to work with and teach some of the best goalies in the world and, and be a part of some amazing programs and uh, has done some amazing things. But maybe somewhere down the road, we'll, we'll have you back on the show, man, if that's something that interests you. Definitely. Hopefully, uh, hopefully you'll have me back. <laughs> well, well, we'll figure something out, man. But I'm grateful for you coming on. Uh, amazing episode today. Good luck as we roll into the spring. Take care, stay safe, and we'll chat soon, man. Thank you very much. You as well. Thanks for tuning into this week's episode, guys. If you like what you heard today, make sure to hit that subscribe button as we have tons of amazing guests lined up ready to come on to the show in the next few months. And make sure to tune in next week and every Tuesday from now on at 8 a.m. As next week, I have another awesome retired goaltender lined up to come on the show. And that's NCAA uh, national champ with Minnesota Duluth, uh, Kenny Ryder. And Kenny played four years at Minnesota winning a national championship with the team there before moving on to go pro. And he's he experienced tons of success uh, during his time playing. And I can't wait for you guys to hear what we have in store next week. So make sure to tune back. 
next episode. Without further ado, here are the giveaway details for our monthly giveaway we do for the Goalie Hacks podcast. And just as a note here, if you enter into this giveaway, even if you don't win, uh, we select four winners a month, and, and that includes books, uh, different products, training products, uh, neuro tracker subscriptions. We give away all sorts of things. We pick four people a month. And even if you don't win... Uh, one month, you're always entered into uh, the, the future the future giveaway. So to enter the giveaway, if you're an Apple user, simply go to the Apple Podcast app on your phone and leave us a written review and rating. And if you're an Android user, you can also download iTunes onto your computer and leave a review and rating on there as well. And once you leave a review of the podcast, just take a screenshot of it and either email it to goaliehacks at gmail.com or DM me on Instagram with your screenshot and your full name. Get excited, guys. Great things ahead. I hope you guys enjoyed today's show, and I'll see you next week.